and welcome to a new podcast series with myself and my co-host Jazzboy Fuck Icon. Can't bleep that. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a series where we talk about various uh, muse-related content or questions or themes and or stuff. Uh, maybe analysing songs, reviewing songs, talking about how much we like stuff or maybe we don't like stuff and just have a jolly old time with it. Uh, for our first inaugural episode, we're going to be looking at their most recent release, Will of the People, of the upcoming album of the same name, Will of the People. In anticipation for that release, we're going to jump on that bandwagon <laughs> and just chat about what we think of the song, our hopes and dreams for the album looking ahead, potentially. So, um, before we dive into it, what are our credentials? Uh, I make a lot of covers on the internet of Muse songs. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I think qualifies me for this. Matt, what do you think qualifies you for this? Yeah, yeah, you're the Muse tone god. Um, I'm also a Muse tone god. Um, I do some covers on the internet, but I also do sound engineering and mixing and stuff like that. So yeah, it's good fun. I'm selling myself short. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I was going to say, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. so we actually, we actually know our stuff. We're not just opinionated arseholes. Yeah, we are actual musicians. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are opinionated. So with all that out of the way let's dive into it so matt i've uh, i've asked you along let's talk about what we like about it so far from the from the top uh, this is the song because at the time of recording on the 26th of june the album has not dropped that's in august let's talk about the song will of the people i'm gonna put you into the limelight first what do you like about this song um i i think it's it's a fun song it's bouncy it's riffy um i quite like whatever they've done with the layering of the guitar and the bass and something, maybe it's just an octave up double track guitar in the part of the verses. Um, it almost sounds like a shitty MIDI brass almost kind of sound in there as part of the riff. You know what I mean? Or almost like a kazoo actually like a on that bit, almost kazoo like, I quite like that. That bit, I know, I know what you're saying now. I had never considered that before because to me, it's just like it's very obvious a guitar. So I'm just like, right, it's just got it's, it's layered. It's got some effects going on there. Um, I think yeah. there is definitely some octave work going on as well, both up mm. and down. It's it, it's the production, the production, right? Not the mixing. The production is great. I think you were saying when you were trying to cover it that it is quite boring because it's just like an octave guitar and fuzz kind of thing. But like, I think if you had the, I don't know, you could probably do it, but like the filters and everything, it could get quite interesting because they are playing with the filters on stuff so much throughout that song. There'll yeah. be bits where it's the same riff, meow, 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 but it will have like a dirty filter and it's a wah, 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 and you're like, okay, that's quite cool. And I mean, the chorus is cool. It's nice to have like an octave harmony high thing that he's singing because that's very standard Matt Bellamy. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else good about it. <laughs> um, the the lot i think the build up into the last riff where it's exactly the same riff but it's just heavier um after they've done the chanting again that's really fun um but other than that i might have to hand over to you for some other good bits okay uh, so in terms of stuff i like um in terms of the production a layered vocal that's in the mindset of what uprising was doing and does well but that was 2009 yeah come on i need to stay positive um right so it got some like quintessential kind of muse things going on there layered vocal punchy catchy made slightly politically charged the riff is great it kind of leans into like uh, old style kind of like blues in terms of like it's just that riff mm. in that scale it's not trying to do anything flashy it's just keeping that rhythm going it's not a song for kind of guitarists to be like stunned and be like this is this is redefined yeah it's way more r&b yeah yeah it's it's a great opener mm. for an album mm. 
It's not their best opener. No. Um, I think their best opener for an album, if you ask me, is either Take a Bow or Apocalypse, please. Oh, oh, I don't oh know. no, that, that is a different discussion. That's, yeah, that's, oh, that's wow. the next. That's yeah. the next episode. That's the next episode of this podcast. Um, so, uh, and uh, and I like the octave work that's going on. Then uh, the verse has that that kind of sound that's in there. It might be a bit flat, but it's got a good solid sound in there. Mm. And then the chorus, same riff, but it's got that lower octave in there. Or at least to my perception, it has that lower octave in there. And I also like the fact that it's not too long. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. Because here we go, the stuff we don't like about it. <laughs> well. I, I made you go first last time, so I'll I'll, I'll go first with this. Uh, there's one aspect of it but, uh, that I... I'll allude to now, but I'll let you get more onto it because you actually had the thought independently or formed it a lot better than I. Um, the rhythm, the melody, whatever you want to call it, is a complete ripoff. But that's not a hot take at all. Um, it's not original. So I'll, I'll leave that with you to expand on a little bit more. Yeah, I've got a, maybe this is a good tail bit. So I'll have to <coughs> remind me to get to that bit at the end of my like negative stuff because I've got a good way to tail it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's flat. It's dynamically boring. There's nothing going on in there for as me as a guitarist. And I, I assume you as a guitarist, that's just like you've played that once. Um, the final chorus opens up a little bit more. It's not as uh, rigid, rhythmic, low eyes. It's open. There's a lot more kind of like fluidity going on in there. But that all the the only difference is how you're playing it. The rest of the song, it's still playing the same thing. There's no clever guitar solo. There's just no other riff. It's just it's just tedious to play. But then this is kind of the separation of song over playing. I guess the guitarist equivalent of separating church and state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it it you you can play it you know once and be like oh great i don't need to play that again for a few more days like there are some songs that not just me as a guitarist that i play it be like yeah i could happily play that straight away again because there's so much in there to play around with either mess with the tones you're using you can improvise over it you can do whatever you want to it but this it's so stale and it and the other thing that irritates me about a lot of or pop songs in generally, but also what I've noticed that music have been doing more and more is their songs are, it's the same chord progression the entire way through. There's no like, here is the verse structure and then a separate one for like the um, chorus. It's just the same chord sequence over and over again. It leaves nothing to the imagination. I'm going to stop there and let you actually say something. <laughs> no, no, I think, you, yeah, you, it's, it's, it's hard because like, I guess if it is the album opener, you kind of need it to be a bit repetitive. But I guess in some ways, I almost think the, the repetition wouldn't be so bad. Because I mean, if you look at Uprising, that's pretty repetitive, especially for a bass player. But, but it grows like as, as, yeah, yeah. as the song progresses, it adds, it adds more layers. Like for the first chorus, there's no guitar in there it's just that synth bit over again and the second chorus it's got that kind of it adds the guitar in there and then the third chorus it's this huge tone it has what i always say in my sound like videos it's got dynamic range yeah exactly it is changing it up so yeah i guess it is just kind of it's just i mean it's weird because i've seen it live now so that was going to be my follow-up question yeah it does it does work quite well live because in a live situation, people do just want to jump and go, whoa, 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 whoa. So in that way, it kind of does work. But from the record perspective, I don't think it does because it is so flat. But maybe it'll work on the album. Let's get on to the, the big bit. It's basically just The Beautiful People by Marilyn Manson, isn't it? Like, I mean, structurally, it's very similar to cut out to the like that happens in The Beautiful People, even with like, it, it's not the same 
same notes, but with the whole ah oh, bits in Beautiful People, you've got that whole vibe of like the will of the people. And yeah, I mean, it's it, isn't that kind of like stealing someone else's music 101? Change the key. Yeah, and. And like, just change the rhythm a bit. Like the fact that it's literally the beautiful people, the beautiful people, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful people. But it's just the drum beat put onto the the vocal. Like it's, yeah. it's, uh, it was quite disappointing. I think when it when I first heard it, but it was really interesting when we because I like <clears throat> I got kicked out of a muse group for um, basically. <laughs> did I tell I you? I didn't know this. I got kicked out of the muses group for um, basically posting something where I was like, look, I'm not, I don't mind that Muse have copied stuff in the past, especially, uh, especially classical stuff, because there's no copyright law about that. Yeah, because it's entered the public domain. Yeah, so you can do whatever you want. They could literally do, and they have done a one-for-one recreation of Chopin's Nocturne for, uh, what's it called, collateral damage. My thing was just like, it's fine if you kind of nick the feel of a riff, or even nick the feel of a chorus, and it's quite similar, but when it's identical, like, that's not cool, and so I was kind of like, they they have to have credited Marilyn Manson or someone somewhere, or said that it's a sample, but it's not a sample, because that's not how samples work. No, yeah, they haven't taken in the original recording they've just lifted the, mm. the composition we might we might find out about it when you read the the actual like the album information they might say you know dedicated to or thanks to or rights from yeah Marilyn Manson whatever his record label well, is. and that's the other thing as well because one aspect of this I don't really want to get too caught up on this because this could go off in another direction entirely but I don't know if Marilyn Manson is part of Warner Brothers um label and if he is, because of all the controversy around Marilyn Manson at the moment, it wouldn't surprise me if Warner were just like, hey, yeah, you can take this song, fuck him, kind of thing. Because of cancel True. culture and everything. But, then but that's like, very hypothetical. The, the, but artists are more than just themselves. You've got their entire label mm. like behind them. Uh, he is not associated with Warner. Oh, okay, in that case then, um, we'll be interested to see if he's got a credit on the album or something. Um, yeah. But Well, according, according to Wikipedia, he is not uh, associated with Warner. Mm. That's hot hot take journalism hot right take. there. Hot take, I love it. Um, speaking of hot takes, um, as I said at the beginning of this, um, the timing for this is awful. Uh, the song has been out for weeks and weeks and weeks now. Mm. Um, everyone has had all these thoughts before, but, you know, it, I think it's still relevant, but yeah. this is the beginning of a podcast. This is essentially a test Yeah, point. and we've had time to simmer on it a bit. There's going to be more and more things that we're going to be discussing on this, mm. um, as we as we do. Um, it'd be great if it's not just Muse, because there's, bu- there's a bunch of like musicians that Matt, that you and I know that we definitely want to bring on here. Oh yeah, um, and we can have a we can have a rip session on Tom Morello at some point. I think you and I would be like a, a common staple for this, but we've got our mutual friend Sarah Basso. I'd love to get her on here, um, get some French representation in there. Got love the French, um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and then com- coming back into the actual conversation we're having right now, it is interesting, uh, but it isn't the first time that Muse have lifted a piece or a composition from another band. Let's and that's not to say they're taking from now copyright free, you know, classical music. Mm. Um, Stockholm Syndrome um, is basically a lift from a System of a Down song. Uh, I'd be better prepared for this after if I remember the name of that System of a Down song. <laughs> the riff is identical. Mm. The only difference is that. Um, it's the riff is palmuted on the system version and muse obviously it's you know that the big open one mm. um that's very difficult to separate you get that's really blindly obvious mm. the other way around um a song from a band called dinosaur pile uh dinosaur pileup um called uh what was it violet bruises or something like that mm. it takes 
it's half a step down, but takes the rhythm from the chorus of In Your World, and it's just like, this is blatant. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's shameful, but mm. the song's really good. So maybe there's an argument in that you can mm. steal or rip off from, a, from another song. As long as it sounds good, people may not mind. Yeah, I think that's almost, almost part of it in a way, because I think... And I wonder if, just from the reaction that I got from that post that I put in the Muses group, obviously most of it's probably just going to be like diehard Muses, like, no, they can't do anything wrong. And I was like, all right, I'm not interested in those people. Like, let's talk to people who actually have like a relevant opinion. Um, Critical thinking. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. And it's kind of like maybe in the, in this era now where it's like TikTok mashups and you can shuffle anything on Spotify to go from like Rachmaninoff all the way through to Ramstein. Maybe like this lifting of things isn't going to be as much of an issue anymore because and in, and if that is the case i'm actually quite for that because i think that's what music was always about especially back in like classical times composers would literally rip themes off of each other kind of reinvent it a little bit and so it's like well maybe if you take because i'm sure sting has said this as well that there's certain things about copyright laws that are kind of like unmusicianly like part oh, of yeah, being like, a musician yeah, is copyright law is so unfriendly to yeah to a lot to a lot of aspects about musicians life um for you and not for you and i copyright law is not fun for unsigned amateurish level musicians yeah i'm, yeah. I'm gonna say it like you and i yeah amateurish yeah, level yeah. i'm not i'm not getting paid for anything getting, that i put yeah. together oh, yeah, um, exactly. it, it, it's in the favor of the of the labels and the people who are making millions out of it mm. and that's where i think I kind of disagreed with your previous statement on, on what you said before about copyright. Um, it's so made for businesses now. Mm. It's a huge industry where there's so many people involved, it's too big to fail, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, where, you know, a lot of the people who are going to make money out of it have made their money out of it. The irritating thing about the music industry is that it's all, what I've been saying for ages, that it's all completely freelance as well. There's mm. no, it might call it an industry, but there's no like, real kind of like group behind it. It's like everyone makes all of their money and all of their progression in that industry on their own steam, which is mm. you know, what in one way great for the independent side of it. Then it just brings in this whole, it's who you know, not what you know. Yeah. And it, yeah, well, that's, uh, that's you can the be, industry. as long as you've got like the money behind it, you can pretty much kind of do what you want. So it crushes the little guy mm. and just keeps the bigger elements of it in place and nothing changes. This is getting really deep. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's interesting. Cause that's, that's like an aspect. I almost feel like that's an aspect to how I feel about this beautiful people. One of the people thing, because it's like, as much as I don't want to defend Marilyn Manson right now, he's kind of in an indefensible position to, if he even, want if he's even aware that they've ripped him off and he wanted to do something about it he wouldn't get any sympathy at all because of what he's done and it's like well fair enough but it is like what you said the big because muse in this instance would be the big guy compared to marilyn manson especially with the current societal view on marilyn manson because of what he's done so it's kind of like oh well is copyright law fucking him as well like because actually the bigger corporation i don't know i'm going off on a tangent here no that's an in, that's an interesting point i like that it, mm. but yeah i mean uh, there's a couple of, I swear, I'm sure there's a couple of like artists who are going through lawsuits at the moment because of copyright. But like historically, there's been what was it, that one Coldplay ripped off Joe Satriani? Oh yeah, yeah, that one. So was... it's, like, it's like it's um, my my point on that is that it's it, you know the big people can still get it. The interesting question to ask really is well for me at least the interesting question is did they intentionally do it or was it completely by accident? Mm. I have to believe that a big chunk of it is going to be by accident. Yeah, I th I. I would imagine it's by accident. Some stuff. But I, I don't know. But this, this Will of the People one is t way too similar. Well, it is way too similar. And I think it like probably does go against copyright. 
but I don't think it was intentional because I think if they'd come up with the album title The Will of the People in advance and they wanted to put a track in called The Will of the People, it's really hard to say The Will of the People without it being the same rhythm as The Beautiful People. So they kind of painted themselves into a corner, but it's like just a little bit of musical ingenuity, which they've definitely got, could have paid, like taken them out of that. Well, they could, they could have sang it and made it to be... So they didn't sound like beautiful people. It's that it's mm. that kind of rhythmic kind of protest song. Mm. But you've got it. You've got to put it in quick, and it's going to sound like that. If it was going to be more, be a bit more uh, fluid and flowery, then it would be a bit more kind of elongated. Mm. It's that choice. I mean, Muse have been a kind of dancing this dance of some for some bizarre reason, still trying to do that eighties sound, which uh, nowhere near as much as Simulation Theory. But like the eighties thing is the the, the fad of the eighties thing is. I, or maybe now it's kind of been and gone but it was it was around for like 20 years i remember in like the late noughties and it was coming through but th- so that doing that but then also kind of doing this kind of like political stance and this is something that i was gonna i've, I've kept in mind to bring up in terms of muse's kind of previous politically charged stuff from like maybe early stuff like apocalypse please but through to stuff like that was very much like take a bow and uprising particularly if you're looking at this song through that lens this song is pathetic oh yeah it's it's like lyrically so i mean muse do this a lot their lyrics are really fucking simple and boring they didn't used to be but no um, I, was, I was i was just about to disagree yeah. with you there I was well like, since i would say since about the second law you could almost take a shot every time he says babe soul and then something about government institution they them like <laughs> <laughs> non-binaries no. <laughs> oh, but there's, there's definitely like it's so th- like formulaic his writing so when there is something good which i think there's part i mean it's hard to tell what the lyrics are in kill or be killed because it's not out yet but um they I mean, seem the a bit more interesting there. huh the lyrics are out there are they are oh, some nutters where's, just where's my to it. phone because <laughs> I, I i actually genuinely screenshotted them on my phone Ooh. um so crawling i'm exhausted with the fear our love and compassion dissolve. Demons have materialized in me. Can't fight them. They're taking control. Very kind of drones esque. Yeah. I mean, but there's a, there's a bit more, there's just a bit more poeticness in that than drones, where it was like, you're going to control me. I'm controlled. Help me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> whereas that's got like, because the part of that verse reminds me a bit of um, some of the lyrics in Black Holes and Revelations, like in Assassin and Hoodoo. Yep bits of that and there's a bit of that vibe in kill or be killed as well so hopefully one of the people is just a bit rubbish yeah i I, i'm seeing a lot of similarities with that and mk ultra as well Mm, mm. mk ultra is a banger man best song on resistance yeah i think so uh although i think you i've i've alluded to this privately um i i've spoken to you about my thoughts on the resistance i think that might be episode three Mm. Or, or, or the next episode, we talk about what Harry thinks of the Resistance. <laughs> Don't expect me to say very many good things about it. Hell In yeah! In fact, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, episode two. Let's. I'm going to. Let's do a discussion about the all of the Resistance. Sounds good to me because I'm a big defender of the Resistance. I love that album. Oh right, okay, it's on. <laughs> it is on. <laughs> I'm going to take you down. All right, all right. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so, um, so in kind of going go back to a bit um, in terms of what we set out to do in this episode, I. This, I th- I, at least in terms of what I've been saying in this, this is a garbled mess of mm-hmm. a stream of consciousness of my thought. I've got everything out that I wanted to talk about it. I agree with you, actually. I never thought I considered this before. 
I think it actually is probably a decent opener for the album. Mm. But then again, we have not heard the rest of the album to kind of go, this is the best one for the opener. Compliance opens, the song itself opens up quite well. Mm. But then I think the theme of it probably doesn't lend itself to being a good opener. No, yeah. Um, but then I and maybe, maybe Won't Stand Down would have been a bit more of a better one. Oh, yeah, the way it opens up, it that. fades in. It's got that kind of like... Beep, 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 bim, bim. Oh, beep, beep, yeah. beep, bim. Yeah. yeah, that'd be a sick opener. Like, <laughs> like, just the bass suddenly hitting you, like, whoa. What we did forget is to say that, what is it, in Won't Stand Down, they ripped off Take On Me. Did they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in compliance, they ripped off Night Rider theme. Yeah, that one. That one's a bit weird. That one. That you could almost say that one's a sample in compliance. Like, yeah, maybe. And then I think I think that that reinforces my idea that they they still doing this kind of weird eighties thing. Mm. Um, I think we have to wait until the album version comes out for Killer Would Be Killed and see what eighties icon they're ripping off there. Yeah, because I've got a horrible <laughs> feeling that it's going to sound sick live, and then on the album it's going to be like neutered a little bit, and it's going to be like, oh god, just push it a bit more, like. Um, I'm yeah, I'm, I've, I've I've covered my bits. It it could be better. I guess the only thing I can say is live. It really works. So I'll have to take your word for that. Hopefully, it'll be good. I hope the rest of the album's good. I really I hope, hope. Yeah, that. I hope it's going to be good. I mean, you and I are big Muse fans. We it, we don't want them to put out bad music. Mm. But I'm, I'm going to I'm going to speak for the both of us. Here, mm. but like, we believe in them. We believe they're a really good band. Mm. We want them to do well. Yeah, it's like game criticizers. We don't want people to make bad games. It's just that The Last of Us Two was just terrible. <laughs> We're going into The Last of Us Two. <laughs> we don't want we don't want music to be bad because you know we listen to it. We like these people. We want it to be good. So we mm. hold it to a high standard. Uh, separately, I've been watching a lot of Star Wars content, absolutely ripping the Kenobi series to pieces. Oh, I've been doing a fair bit of that as well, yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I give it I give it a very small pass, but it's a very, 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 very small one. Yeah. It's, it's like that. It's like, we want it to be good mm. for all the components involved. Um, well, so there we have it. That was our uh, rambling discussion of Will of the People. Uh, thank you, everyone, for checking this out. If you thought it was any good, do let us know down in the comments below. Um, and you can definitely expect to see some more of us talking about Muse, music, and if we can kind of keep a, keep a, a straight thought between the two of us. Before we go, Matt, uh, is there anything that you want to plug? I would say my YouTube channel, but it's just blocked my recent upload of Knights of Estonia, so if you want to watch it, go to my Instagram account, which is jazzboyfuckiconTM, I think. <laughs> I don't even know what my Instagram handle is. <laughs> oh, we'll link it, it in the video somewhere. I don't know. We'll li- yeah, I'll link it down in the description box below. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Hit that notification bell to not miss out on any of my content when I upload it. And I've been Harry. I've been Jazz Boy. <laughs> and thanks for listening. <laughs> See you later.